Our psalm from 147 says, The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 147 is what's called a halal psalm. It's a song of praise. Part of a series of psalms that repeat the word hallelujah, giving us many reasons to praise the Lord. But in this psalm, it speaks in, particularly, in particular of the brokenhearted. But who are the brokenhearted that he heals? You'll remember that Moses was one of those brokenhearted ones. He was heartbroken when his own sister, Miriam, and his own brother, Aaron, betrayed him and questioned his leadership, all because he married a Kushite woman, a woman from what we would say is modern-day Ethiopia. Moses was tender-hearted enough to be crushed when his sister and brother and the whole company of Israel betrayed him. You'll remember that King David, his heart was broken. His spirit was crushed when the prophet Nathan called him out for his sin. You'll remember that David committed adultery and then murder to cover up what he had done. Killing, Beth, killing Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. The weight of the shame and guilt was too much for him to bear, crushing any internal sense of well-being. He was heartbroken over his own sin. To be heartbroken is to hit rock bottom. To be heartbroken is to acknowledge a deep despair and hopelessness. In the case of David's adultery and murder, we could say that he brought it upon himself, sadly. But in the case of Moses, it was imposed on him. He was a victim, but it crushed his heart nevertheless. And that's what our reading from Mark is all about and what Jesus is about the region of Galilee doing. It begins with Peter's mother-in-law. She is possessed, our scripture says. She's possessed and paralyzed by an invisible foe called a fever. Today we would say a virus. The language Mark uses is meant to parallel what Jesus encounters before and after when he heals people of demons, these invisible enemies that cannot be named and were not diagnosed in their day just as we have trouble today. We shouldn't let the language of demon possession bother us or think that we need to figure out exactly what was going on other than to acknowledge that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities of darkness and evil. The Bible doesn't separate our psychological struggle with our spiritual struggle, as we often do. And perhaps 
we would be wise to understand that. That there is no manual to diagnose all these maladies, visible and invisible, that Jesus was healing in their day. We still don't know. The good news is that we have a Messiah. We have a Savior that can heal both the outward maladies that we suffer, the visible wounds that are inflicted upon us, as well as those internal, invisible wounds that we bear. Jesus alone reaches down deep into our souls to heal our hearts, to heal our minds and our spirits. The Lord heals the broken hearted. Our readings today invite us to consider our own weakness in light of God's strength. To acknowledge our own heartbroken condition that at various times we all share. To maybe let our hearts break under the crushing weight of our sin and the crushing weight of the evil we see around us. Our scripture, more importantly, reminds us that we have an interior world. We have an internal life that is just as real as what we can see and touch and hear and taste. Our interior life at various times might be falling apart, just like those people who are possessed by demons. We may be held captive by an internal struggle, just as Peter's mother-in-law was being held captive in her bed, possessed by a virus. Jesus said, pointedly, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. He said, I have not come for the righteous and the well and the sane. I have come for the unhealthy, the sinners and the unrighteous. In other words, when we don't recognize our own broken hearts, we'll never recognize the profound healing that is available to us through the same Savior. By now, I'm sure you know I love the rock band U2. And Bono sings in one of his songs exactly what our text says today. The heart that is broken is a heart that is open. Open to the healing that God wants to give. Open to understanding the penetrating and deep love of Christ that trickles down into all the crevices and the cracks of our hearts. We can be like the disciples, can't we? Who've lost Jesus. Our text says that they were hunting for him. And sometimes we do too. We hunt for Jesus. We want to see evidence that he is at work in our lives and that he even cares. And when they finally find him, what do they find? He's praying for them in a desolate place. He's actually way ahead of them. 
And not only does he care, he says, let's go on out of this place to do the very thing that I have come to do. It's a powerful thing to let your heart break. It's a powerful thing to acknowledge the brokenness that we have and share before God. It's a vulnerable thing to do. But it's also a safe thing to do before God. God knows a broken heart. This man of sorrows, this suffering servant, knows the landscape of all of your hearts and mine. Every crevice, every crack. He knows what it is to have a broken heart. There's a medical doctor who wrote a book about the crucifixion and death of Christ. And he said that when the soldier pierced him with a spear and out came blood and water, that for the medical doctor, they knew that Jesus, building up to his death, had a sack of water building around his heart. And that when under the stress of being crucified. And when the spear was pierced through, it broke through that sack of water and his heart. And so Jesus actually didn't die from anything but his broken heart. The crushing weight of our sin, the crushing weight of the evil and the mockery and the hatred and the sin of the world that put him there. He cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He allowed his heart to break before the Father because he knew he was safely in his hands. One of my favorite hymns is one we'll sing in a few moments. It's an African-American spiritual called There Is a Balm in Gilead. It's a genius song because it's in response to a question from the prophet Jeremiah who asks, is there a balm in Gilead? And the answer to a people whose hearts broke under the weight of slavery and loss and death said, yes, there is a balm in Gilead. Is there no medicine for our heart sickness? Can God heal our deepest wounds? Is there hope for us, the brokenhearted? The Lord heals the brokenhearted. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my works in vain. But then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.